I, I wrote down what, what did I learn? What did I feel like God was saying? What did I want to take away from it? Mm-hmm. And as I was reading back over the takeaways, I was like, I want to do, and I changed all the wants to I will, because I, I realized that wanting to do something not necessarily is making the commitment to do it, but trusting God that I will do this. I will do what I say I'm going to do, because if I didn't, and I didn't profit from these days, I'm just... And it would be dishonoring, right? Yeah. I think about that a lot when I am speaking to God. If I say something like, I want to, hmm. and I change it to I will, it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. If I say that to my spouse, right. <laughs> 50% of the time, I might not do it. Right? Mm-hmm. But who am I speaking to? Yeah. yeah. Like, whoa, that just changed <laughs> the game yep. a whole lot. Hmm. Life can get really busy, but we are reminded that when we walk with a kingdom pace, we not only have time to grow more ourselves, but to also grow closer to our creator. Kingdom Pace is a podcast about the ways we can make sure we are not running ahead, but rather staying right where we are supposed to be in life. I'm Jessica Pape, and with me is... What is up, Pape? Hello, (laughs) Mark Moyer and James Mayhew. So we are doing Kingdom Pace and starting today with prayer. So we're going to do things a little bit differently today. I actually want to start um, with some something I read this morning because I was thinking like prayer is something that it sounds super religious. You know, it sounds like it's something that only people that are really righteous do. And so when you think about how to implement this in your life and um I came across this this morning from 2 Chronicles, and it's 7, verse 14. And it says, Then if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Hmm. And it, it just hit me because I thought, okay, humble myself. It's kind of what we started with. Um, and then we talked about seeking his face and the priority and then, you know, and the pray. And so how, you know, this was even before Christ walked the earth and what God was saying to them, like, this is what he wanted the Israelites to do. And so, um, you know, we, we talk about this kind of being a a method, I guess. I don't really know what to call it to have this kingdom pace. and A lifestyle. A lifestyle. There you go. And it's been around for forever. You know, it's since the beginning of time. This is how, how God wants us to commune with him. And so prayer, I think, really fits in well that way, just in how we live our daily life. So on that note, I will turn it over to you, Mark. Well, thank you, Pape, uh, a.k.a. Slim. People need to know that when they listen to the podcast. Do they? That you have multiple names. Um, <laughs> We call James Coach, so when you guys, like, all the people that listen, we'll, we, we just have names, because that's what you do, it's well, enduring. What do, we, and what do we call you? Stupid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> for goodness sakes. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, um, we, are, we, are, we are at the Apple Creek Cafe in Centerpoint, Iowa, and um, this is a cool place. People around... Um, hear they're talking and um, anyway I just got back from a three day silent retreat in Nebraska that I a pastor friend told me about last March 
Um, he was going on a sabbatical, and he, he's really burnt out. And you could just see the weight of just 30 years in ministry. And here, here's the thing, like, you don't have to be a minister to be a leader and be burnt out. You can be running a company. You can be a manager, whatever the case. You just get, you get burnt out. You get into a, a pace that's not healthy. And when he mentioned to me that, that there was a place to go and be silent, it interests me. So I looked it up and I registered and COVID hit. Long story short, opening came up and um, as you guys are listening, I'm going to tell you I wrestled with going to this because I, I struggled with the thought. I didn't know if I could really be quiet for three days. I, I didn't like it kind of scared me. Like, uh, what would God say to me? What would I say to him? Uh, what would he reveal? How could I not possibly be on my phone watching TV, doing something with, you know, fidgeting? It scared me. I, um, God really used James to remind me of my, how God's designed me. And another one of our board members uh, challenged me. And then God spoke to me through his word, through um, that morning I read where Jesus was being beaten. And when I say beaten, they beat him until his insides were coming out. And he never said a word. He remained silent. And that word silent just connected me with, I think that's what God wants me to do. So I drove, made the four-hour trek down to this place in Nebraska. And I, I got there. I got settled in. It was just incredible. And right away, the fear crept in. I uh, turned my Bible to... Open my Bible and it, it fell to Lamentations and of all the verses like why that one and this is what I read it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord that word hit me it talked about waiting in silence and I knew right then that God had something for me so without drawing out a real long story for y'all that are listening this is what I'd say We had dinner at six o'clock and even at dinner we were all talking that the two gentlemen that were at my table and we were still in that pace like it, it took us 10 minutes to eat we ate and then we hurried over to the sanctuary and they told us the silence begins this was at seven I didn't say another word until Sunday at one o'clock and Here's some of the observations that I had, even now, just like reflecting today. Um, I mentioned us eating. The rest of the meals, it took us 20 minutes to eat. All I could hear was the sound of the ice as people drank and the, the click and the clank of the forks. Um, as I looked around the table and looked at people, you could tell they were contemplating as they were eating. They weren't, in a, they weren't in a rush. They savored every bite. Uh, see, you, in, that, in, that, in those moments, you realize that that's a gift that God gave you, and you cherish it, every bite, and that God had used someone else to prepare a meal for you. That's, his, that's an act of grace. And then staring out glass windows, um, onto a pond 
and not hearing anything just like audibly, yet I heard God loud, loud in a way I've never heard him. And you realize that everything he did, all that he created for our enjoyment and everything to point back to Christ um, was, was incredible. And I discovered that I really, really like to walk and especially through the woods and um, I like to take in nature and God's creation. And um, in that silence, God really did, he really showed up and he revealed to me really awesome things in my life. He also revealed really sinful things in my life and patterns, patterns that trip me up and things that I tend to go back to. The, the scripture talks about sin that easily like entangles you. And as, as uncomfortable as that was, the weight of that was, it was heavy. But in the back of my head, what really birthed the kingdom pace was Matthew 11, 28 through 30, where Jesus talks about exchanging the yoke. And in the back of my head, friends, this is what was going, this is what I kept hearing is he revealed more and more of the garbage. I kept hearing Jesus say this in my ear, I'm humble and I'm gentle. And so I received his discipline and I received his forgiveness and his grace. And I, I tell you that to say, have you ever spent a day in silence, much less three, in a noisy world? Have you? And why would it be important as a leader, a, a mom, a daughter, a son, a father, whatever, whatever, you're, whatever stage of life you're in? Have you ever really sat in silence? When our Lord was at his moments of being mutilated, he lived that verse out. He waited for God's salvation in silence. I, I come away from that different. I know I'm different. Like, and I, one of the immediate fruits, as I would say, is I'm finding myself fighting for silence to where I can hear from God. It's, it, it's a priority, right? And in that, you pray. And if you want to think of prayer, I love what Jessica shared. If you want to think of prayer, I look at prayer this way. Prayer is a communion. It's communing with God. See, when I was walking down that trail, James, God was talking to me. We were on a walk together. You know, I wasn't asking him for a boat or more money or to be a better anything. Actually, he was talking with me describing to me how to be what he wants me to be right we just walked we did a lot of walking him and I and it was powerful because he was with me every step and he was showing me how he designed me and how I can find myself to get in his presence because 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 James he likes to talk to me when I'm in nature you know, and so if you're listening, you might be asking yourself, well, how, how no, like, okay, I get, I get where that relates maybe as a, um, um, a Christian, 
But what about a business leader? It's a great question. This is what I would say. You ever quieted yourself to really assess where you're at? You ever thought about how if you're in this unhealthy pace, if you are, what about the people that you employ? What are you teaching them? You wearing them out? Do you even know how to hear from them? Do you even put yourself in a place? See, because I think it's, I think, I know, not think. God should integrate in everything we do. There is no, there is no separation between personal, professional. We are who we are, right? And we should carry him wherever we go. And I know this is like a lengthy on my part with these two incredible people around me. But here's what I would say. I, I want to kind of turn it over to them, but I want to really talk around this question. What would silence look like for you? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we think about silence in, in your daily life. It's something you almost feel like you need to go away. You know, you need to drive away and set up this time and, you know, register, like, to make sure that you have it. And I, you know, I was just thinking about what would it look like if we were to find, you know, we talk about that integrated lifestyle of truly where you would find that same peace and that same silence and that same quiet and, and really make it um, a big part of your life. Because I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, when they do think of, you know, prayer or anything like that, you know, it's... I need to get quiet and I need to share my petitions and I need to, you know, figure out what I need to do and all of that. But to really take the time to listen um, is almost a lost art hmm. everywhere. I think that is, <clears throat> I think that is a very important part that is so easy to overlook that I, I go to God Mm-hmm. with requests I go there to speak I, I go when I say there I'm just imagining like w- those conversations where I try and picture him with me right like visually see him and it's just humbling to understand that the most important and powerful element of communication like if we're really in conversation the most important part is listening and it's in the quiet moments that truth is revealed what you experience mark makes me very interested to know like what is he he's with us all the time Mm -hmm. he's always there and for the majority of it if i understand that my posture is that i'm essentially ignoring that Mm -hmm. forgetting it what am I missing? What is he trying to teach me right now, speaking into me, whether it's, you know, I think a lot of times we think God whispers. I don't think God whispers. <laughs> I just think that we don't hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that we can have selective hearing and we choose not to listen. I got this. Yep. It's okay. I got this. So, uh, man, when you ask a question like that, until I've done it, I don't even know how to actually respond. Hmm. I don't know what he's going to reply. Probably I would have the exact same concerns and fears that you had. 
as you go into that place of going, okay, Mayhew, I'm going to show you some stuff. Right. It's stuff you need to know. And I've been trying to show it to you. And now I'm going to, I'm going to pull it back. And you're in a position to hear it. Mm-hmm. Finally. Here's what you need to do. Let me teach you. Let me show you. Walk with me. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so then I feel like I want to put my hands together, rub, you know, my hands going to go, okay, God, let's go. And then see, that would be my tendency. Mm-hmm. And then he's like saying, <laughs> sit down. Right. Son. Yeah. <laughs> let's have a chat. Mm-hmm. We don't need to go. We don't need to do. There's just some stuff you need to know. So listen, <laughs> I imagine that's what it's going to be. I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. Yep. So now you, you, you've, you've stirred some stuff inside of me, Mark, that when you ask a question of what would silence and, and focused, concentrated time with God reveal, I want to know. Mm-hmm. Even though <laughs> there's a big chunk of it that makes me go, oh, goodness, this is not going to be. But maybe that's not true at all. Maybe he wants me to know something that isn't going to make me cringe, but it's going to make me go, bring me to tears. Right. He's going to show me something powerful, something that I put away, something Mm -hmm. that I neglect, something that I don't want to own or step into because I'm afraid of, you know, world stuff. He's Mm -hmm. like, nah, I'm the God of the universe. So watch me do this for you. Right. Hmm. That's cool. It's, it's impossible to hide in silence. It's impossible. See it in the, I think of, I think Adam and Eve, when they fell, they hid. And I see distraction and, and all these things that, that are loud. Mm-hmm. They're to hide. And, you know, I, I, as James is talking, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that a couple things went through my mind. And, and one was... Um, I came to the realization of how much I lie to myself. We're, we're not supposed to lie to each other, but what about when you lie to you? Mm. Mm. What about when you lie to you? Like, like here's, here's what I would say. That's the, that, that it all starts with their leader, father, whatever you are, mother, kid, again, it doesn't, whatever, whatever season you're at, are you lying to yourself? Because once you start lying to you and you start believing the lies that you tell yourself, you hide. If you're a leader, and maybe it scares you if you talked with your people that you led and they told you the truth, is you're afraid that you're going to be labeled as a bad leader. And the truth is, um, you might be. And if you truly want to lead and want to help people, how are you going to know unless you ask questions? How are you going to know unless you put yourself in a posture of humility to listen to what they say? Because, see, that's what I had to put myself in that position with God. And, yeah, everything he told me wasn't great. Like, it didn't make me feel great. But this is why it was great, because I don't have to continue to be that person. That's the key. Because he's humble and gentle, and he, he tells me I'll have a rest for my soul. Anapeo. Because I don't rest in my work, I rest in his work. How much different, y'all, would business be if a leader wanted to really know the truth 
Mm-hmm. I know one thing I thought of it actually was, was something that you said, James, and this just kind of brings it full circle. I feel like so often when we make decisions or we, you know, we live life and there's the saying that hindsight is 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was even talking with a friend this morning um, and she was with some other friends and the question came up about the question was, when do you hear from God? And she said, it wasn't, it wasn't aware. It was like, when, when does it happen? And she said that for her, she realizes that a lot of times he's speaking to her, but she doesn't realize it till after something has happened or something's fallen into place. Hmm. And when you, when you talk, I'm like, I feel like the silence provides an opportunity for intentionality hmm. to, instead of just being reactive and looking back and being like, Oh, that was God working. That was really cool to be able to be there in the moment. And, you know, it completely flips. And I think that that's something that we don't do. Oh, I mean, really almost ever. And I think, you know, even from the business standpoint to be able to, to make those decisions instead of being like, well, you know, we'll, we'll try this and we'll see what works or, you know, whatever it may be, or like you said, to strategize and kind of figure out like the plans, but to be able to be there with the one that makes the decisions, that is the decision, you know, in that moment completely reverses, you know, even how, how we think. Perhaps if you're listening, you, you know, you're thinking to yourself, wow, like this kind of sounds like a, like a review at work. I, I get alone with God or I get alone with people and they want to tell me my faults and not my <laughs> strengths. And, but, but, but if that's you, let me say this. Yeah, he revealed my faults. But he revealed my strengths too. In other words, check this out. I didn't really know what really gave me energy Mm. until he got me out in creation and showed me that that's something he placed inside of me. And I didn't know that until James like shared with me, like that's something that's, that that's a God given gift. And so check this out. He leaned in that and showed me that there's, there's life in that. And that, and there's a strength behind that, that I'm an adaptable person. Hmm. It's a gift. It's a gift from God. And, um, let me tell you why that's freeing for me as a leader. I don't have to do it all. Hmm. Absolutely. I can adapt and empower and delegate somebody else that's better than I am. And I can be totally comfortable with that. How powerful is that? Let me let me share. Can I kind of read yeah. your strengths finder thing? So, Mark, you and I talked, and you were somewhat on the fence about going to this retreat, and uh, we were just having a call. I mean, it was it was just a conversation. I wasn't trying to talk you into it or anything, but I said, you know, here's what I do. I always pull up strengths finder. <laughs> I got it right in my pocket on my phone, right? <laughs> so let me read something to you, buddy. It says this: Chances are good that you are filled with awe by beauty in the world in people and in the cosmos. Whether you gaze upon nature's wonders or marvel at the work of human hands, you are filled with wonder. You can suddenly stop what you were doing to watch a sunset, listen to the rustle of leaves, stand before a work of art, hear a piece of music, look through a telescope, or hold a newborn child. You experience beauty at a level many people cannot imagine. Once the moment has passed, you can still picture the scene or hear the sound in your memory. Now I'm just reading that back to him. He's a little quiet on the other end of the phone for a second. He's like, wow. See, what this, what this report does, created by men, mm-hmm. but everything's a gift from God, right? Right. 
We're talking about adaptability for, for Mark. This is one of his top, at least number two. Two for you in Strengths Finder. I've never seen adaptability read that way. I've done this with a lot of people. I haven't seen it read that way. Hmm. So for me to be able to, to find that, that wasn't a chance. The fact that we were on the phone talking wasn't a chance. The fact that God kind of taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, look at his Strengths Finder report real quick. Just see if there's something there to help him. Yeah. And I read that to him. <laughs> and look what happened. Because when we deny this stuff, we are not. You went about balance. We're out of balance. Yeah. If we deny the gifts that God's given us, even for the simplest things to see beauty, to perceive it, to be able to visualize it, to be able to memorize it and then communicate it back to other people. What? Like, how are we not like, I'm so glad that God showed this and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that he tapped me and I at least had the presence to listen. That wasn't me. None of this is me. This is just me saying, Mark, you know what? When you gaze upon nature's wonder, you're a different person. It's letting something out of you that needs to be let out that the world needs. Not cool. That kind of stuff is what blows my mind. Yeah. You cannot deny creation. You cannot deny a creator when you understand these things. Like when you just have awareness to look and not just with your eyes, but with your heart, when you start to look with your heart for things, man, this like, that's the kind of stuff that gets my fire lit <laughs> up, you know? Absolutely. And just hearing you read that today, like I, and I feel like how this whole podcast started out was as I'm talking to you guys, I can picture it in my mind, the motion, the feeling, the smell, the sound, mm -hmm. the people, um, the pictures, the art, the lights, the moon, the wind, right? All of it. And to silence creates awareness. I, I believe that in this loud, distracted world that we need to find silence because... Sorry. And um, because James is right, like God's loud. The, the, the problem isn't the problem isn't he's so soft spoken. The problem is we don't open ourselves to hear him. And again, because of fear and why, why would we want to stay or why would we want to lead someone to a place of that would could harm them that we could harm those we love why would we want to do that because we're so prideful that we're afraid for god to point out a blind spot i just i don't understand that mark you brought up something and, and you just re re uh reignited my memory here <clears throat> you're talking about leadership right and uh so i'm working with leaders all the time in my coaching practice so one of the things that that I have learned that I don't always do well. I think I've even talked about it here, but it is any time that I need to go have a discussion with somebody, have I gone to God first? Mm. <laughs> you know, have I, have I at least sought, give me the words, Lord, like give me the posture. Uh, Father, I think I need to have some humility in this situation. Speak through me, use me. 
don't let this become a, a me thing here. Don't let my pride come into it. Don't let my ego come into it. Don't let my anger, don't let my frustration come into it. God, show me like what I need to say. Just speak through me. And taking a posture like that before you go in to have a, say, a difficult conversation, whether that could be, you know, you got to give some tough feedback to somebody that says, hey, this is, you got to change your performance here or you're not cutting it. You're mm-hmm. not getting it done. That's not a fun conversation any leader has to have. But when you take it with a, a posture of humility and courage and empathy and some confidence, like now you've got it packed up. So God, give me these things. I need to have these things because the, the pace at which most of us are going, the pace at which most business is going is that we're hurried. Okay. So now we're going to sit down. I need to have this conversation with you, Mark today. So here, get in here. Mm-hmm. Here's, I'm going to unload on you. I didn't take any of those things into consideration about why your performance might be lacking right now. What's going on? Mm. You know, it could be a problem with a pet, a person, um, a relationship, a diagnosis. I don't know anything because you said it earlier. We're not separated. Our personal professional life. We're still Mark. I'm still James. You are still Jessica. And so now I'm going to be a hurried leader. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to speak to you. In fact, I'm going to speak at you. Hmm. And I'm not taking a posture first to listen. I'm not building that relationship. I'm not strengthening that relationship hmm. with you. Slow down. Make time because Mark's a human. He's not an employee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not my coworker. Right. He's a human. And I have to weigh this against, has Mark ever shown this before? Like, is this a pattern? Is there something, if I'm so hurried and I don't get a chance to think through that, I'm not doing my job as a leader. And by the way, this doesn't have to just occur in a business. This can be in a bedroom at home between a mom and a daughter or a dad and a daughter or whatever it is. Because how easy is it to move into? We're going to tell, I'm going to talk at you and I'm not listening and I'm hurried. And every time I give off hurriedness, the ripple effect is negative. I don't think there's anything about hurriedness that comes from God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Find anywhere in scripture where it says Jesus was hurried. No, he wasn't like he was moving slow. That's the whole point of this conversation, this whole podcast, this whole concept. Slow, mm-hmm. move slow, listen. Mm-hmm. You talk about that being a a playbook, right? I'm looking at the, your Bible laying in front of you. You talk about it being a playbook. It's a playbook for business too, right? I mean, everything in there, we can just learn from it. Mm-hmm. We can coach from it. We can lead, manage, and grow business through it. Yeah. Yeah, and if you follow that playbook, it'll champion people. So what does that mean? Plain and simple, yeah. Well, just explain it. When you say because you and I have had a lot of topic or conversation around champion others. But for our listeners who may be not picking up on what you really mean, this will champion somebody. What does that mean? Yeah, like you come alongside them for their value, for their virtues. You want them to succeed. You want them to be everything that God designed for them, not take away or steal from them because you're afraid. Maybe, maybe you fear that they'd be a better leader. Maybe they'll become the CEO than, than you are. They might take my job. And if they did, then you did your job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What a great point. What a great point. But, you know, in, in a society that's in, in, in a world that just wants to consume and be efficient, I, I chuckle. What are we being efficient 
what are we being efficient for? Oh, I know to have more debt, to have bigger things, to think less of people, to get to a place we have no idea where we're going to go and then be on thousands of pills and die a miserable death. And at the end of it, we're alone for what? Cause we're efficient. Wow, James, I've got really good at speeding myself into my casket and running people over on the way. Give me five, right? Like, like, and I don't even mean to say that to sound crass. It's if that's, this is the, if you stop, it's amazing. If you get off the, the, the hamster wheel, what you start noticing about the cage Maybe you just start noticing that there is a hamster wheel and that there is a cage. Yeah. Yeah. And how in the world did I get there? Mm-hmm. And who told me I had to be on the wheel? Right? Surely wasn't God. Even this pause. <laughs> if you're listening, you're like, what are they going to say next? I pause before my next thought to just reiterate what we've been talking about today. What silence look like for you? The father, the son, the daughter, the worker, the leader. Do you even know what it you even know what it's like not to like have your phone that you feel like you have to answer it? And by the way, if you're if you're really efficient, now you're not now you're not only looking at your uh, phone, you're looking at your watch. Hmm. But are you looking at the person in front of you? Do you see the employee that wants to take their life because they just went through a divorce? Are they just another number making you a buck? Or are they a soul that you care for? Do you even see people that way as, you know, a machine, a moneymaker? Or do you see them as somebody's father, someone's husband? Because as a leader, James, Jessica, I think, we're, I think if you're a leader, you're responsible for that. And if you're not, with all due respect, you should quit. You're not meant to be a leader. Mm-hmm. I believe that is why <clears throat> at the Global Leadership Summit in 2019, Patrick Lencioni came on stage, went off script and said, I'm going to say something unpopular. Not everybody should be a leader. Oh. Here's why. Mm-hmm. She's just not cut out for it because yeah. you don't have soul care in mind. You don't see people as people. You took a leadership role because you saw it as a privilege, something that you were entitled to, something that would boost you, Mm -hmm. elevate you into the corner office, the name on the door and the title. But he said, the most important thing you need to understand is that leadership is a burden. And here's what it looks like. And it's the things that Mark just described. And so the best leaders have figured out not only how to activate the talent, passion, and skill of everybody around them, but to see them as a human who has a soul and they're eternal, Mark, right? Mm -hmm. They're eternal. And if I lead somebody understanding that they're an eternal being instead of a person, like Mm -hmm. there's a huge difference even right there. Just huge difference. James just jogged a, a thought. Guys, this is so good. So, you'll appreciate this, Jessica. I'm looking at you. Okay. 
I'm going to talk football. Oh, boy. Look how excited you are. <laughs> so it was brought up during this retreat, a perspective that was phenomenal. James, just, James' words just made me think about it. Champion people, right? Mm-hmm. Leaders, building people up, right? Not tearing them down, not using them for your benefit, but lifting them up because you want to build into them, right? Mm-hmm. The end of the Super Bowl last year, the camera pans over and it catches the kicker for the Chiefs, and he's holding this three-year-old son. And you know what he said? We did it. Mm. The kid didn't do nothing. Right. You know what Jesus does to us? He says, we did it. Hmm. You know what a good leader does? Comes around their employee, and they're like, we did it. Whether they did it or not, Mm -hmm. we did it. Because that's what you do, right? When you really care and you really champion and here's the thing, when, when we couldn't save ourselves, Jesus said, we did it, mm. right? We did it. This is exactly wow. what he did in creation. Adam, what should we name it? Right. We did it. You know, if you're listening, that's what God wants to do with you. He wants to champion you. He wants to champion who you are. If you're a leader, he wants to champion you as a leader because in return, he wants you to champion someone else. And in a society and a culture that's divided, angry, hurt, we need more silence. We need to be reminded that there's a God that wants to hold you and say, we did it. We did it. We are honored to be on this journey with you. And as we go through life at a kingdom pace, we want to encourage you to dig into the word and also check out kingdompace.com for notes and handouts.